Welcome to Releasing Your Inner Dragon, where story creators talk story creation. Drake is an award-winning fantasy novelist and creative writing teacher. You can find his epic fantasy series, The Genesis Oblivion, on Kindle Vela. Marie runs a fantasy world-building channel called Just in Time Worlds, and her first book, The Hidden Blade, is available on Kindle Unlimited. We hope you enjoy this episode. Hello everyone, this is a heads up that Drake has been diagnosed with cancer. He has every chance of recovery, however his chemo has interrupted our recording since this is throat cancer. As such, we will be offline during the month of March and episodes should resume during April. Thank you for understanding and see you soon. Hello and welcome to Releasing Your Inner Dragon with Drake and Marie, writers talking about writing. Today, I get the honor of introducing probably the most boring topic we've ever covered on this podcast, because today we're going to be talking about punctuation. Also knowing this is a podcast and you can't see anything, because we're actually not going to even throw it up if you're watching us on YouTube, just you're just looking at us. You know, we're going to discuss it in a way more generalized. We're not going to actually look at examples or anything like that. We are going to talk about just punctuation in general and a lot of mindsets toward punctuation. You know, one of the weirdest things when I travel around, I see all these different punctuation styles and all these different things. And every time, every time I ask somebody like, cause I've seen crazy stuff. I've seen, I've seen authors that put parentheses around all their dialogue or brackets around all their dialogue. I've seen all sorts of insane kind of ways of deciding how to do stuff. And every time I always ask them, like, like, why, why are you doing it that way? And the answer is always the same. I mean, it's a variation, but it's always the same because I like it. I want to do it that way. And the reason why we're going to talk about punctuation today, it all boils down to this. Punctuation has not jack all to do with you. Nothing. The reason why we use standardized formatting is for the reader. It's for the reader so that they understand the message that we're trying to convey, and we can do it visually, and we do it very fast. So as the example I always use, we use quotes around dialogue because I don't want to write every single paragraph, and then pushing wind out of his lungs past his vocal cords, he uttered words out loud for everyone to hear. And they were, Hey, how you doing today? I don't want to do that. And every paragraph, I just going to put a little quote. And when the reader hits that little quote in their mind, they're going to hear whatever's after that quote till the next quote, they're going to hear it as if it was said out loud Hmm. because we've trained them. We've trained them that this is what it is. This is, these are the visual clues for you to understand that I'm, you know, giving you information. I actually, there's an author that I've met in my past who refuses to use punctuation at all. He refuses to capitalize the beginning of the sentence and he refuses to use punctuation in any form. So it's just a long string of lowercase words. You have no idea when sentences start. You have no idea when sentences end. You have no idea if this is dialogue or that's narration, literally none. Now, I don't know if he ever released that thing. I don't know if he self-published it or whatever, but it's not for you. My question to that author is, do you want readers or do you want a bunch of people who are actually cryptographers 
who are trying to figure out what you're trying to say. Because I want to read. Right. I don't want to crypto analysis when right. I'm reading. My perspective on punctuation is it's one of the few few pieces of writing where I really feel strongly that your punctuation needs to be correct. It needs to be right for the information that you are trying to communicate. And the reason why I feel so strongly about it is because I come from writing code, writing software code. And in software code, your punctuation marks things like brackets, semicolons, and parentheses, and angle brackets, and assignment operators. These things are the things that tell the computer what to do with your software. They are critical to the interpretation of your code. The variables and everything else, these are inputs. This is like your prose. But without those punctuation marks, the computer doesn't know what to do with it. So if your punctuation is wrong, your program falls apart, no matter how pretty your variable names are. And relating that to prose, <laughs> if you don't punctuate right, your reader doesn't know what to do with the information. So one of the things you said when we were discussing this topic before we started recording that I really, really liked was, well, sort of really liked, because I'm going to kind of play devil's advocate, but you, but you had made the statement, while prose is subjective and you can do you know, creative as a part of creative writing, punctuation is you know, more factual or I can't remember the exact yeah. word you used, but it was, there's, no, there's no leeway. Yeah. And, and you're, you're, you're right. 99% of that, but there is a little subjectivity. There is a little things that you can do. You just have to make sure that you teach your readers what you're doing, make them comfortable with it, and then move on. So I want to talk a little bit about parentheses because you brought them up, mm. right? Because they are standardized. Uh, punk- parentheses are standardized punctuation. What it is, and it's used predominantly in nonfiction, And the purpose of parentheses is to communicate additional information to the reader without altering the sentence structure. That is the non-fiction definition of that. (laughs) I call them rabbit holes. Sure. You've got a sentence, but you want to jump down this rabbit hole with this piece of information Mm. that also kind of is cool or funny or or goes along with it. So you make a a rabbit hole, (laughs) two parentheses, (laughs) and you go down that rabbit hole for a second, but then you come back. Yeah. Because that's really what they are. Now, you use them in nonfiction writing fairly frequently because you are often using a term that you go and defined by Morgan et al, you know, or whatever you're doing there. 100%. I have no problem with them in nonfiction writing. I have no problem with them in satirical writing where they are a part of your story. As long as you use it as a plot device. As long as you're using it as a plot device and it's whole, and it's part consistent of the whole thing. and it goes through the whole thing. They have no place in normal fantasy prose. I will die on this hill. Mm. <laughs> they do not belong. They don't. And they're doing nothing except distracting me. Okay. They're right. not immersing me. It is not immersive for me to read a parenthesis because you know what it's telling me? It's telling me that you're giving me a piece of information that's not connected to the sentence, which breaks me out of the sentence. It breaks me out of my immersion. 
it also reminds you that somebody's writing this story and not the character that you're following. Yes. So if you're writing in a limited POV, if you're writing in first person, third person, free under discourse, third person limited, like I write, it's the character who's telling the story. And we want to create that illusion. And we want the reader to fall into that parentheses, throw them out. Parentheses are like, oh, look, I'm following, you know, Conan, Conan, Conan. And then it's like, oh, hello, I'm the, I'm the writer. Let me give you a piece of information. And then you can go back to Conan. And like, no, I don't want that. And that's why they work better in satirical writing, because satirical writing is often an omniscient. I didn't look at it. I could walk over there and grab it off the shelf. Uh, and it's been 15 years since I read it. But I will bet you there's parentheses galore in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I'm sure there is. I'm I don't I don't know that for a fact. So don't quote me. But <laughs> no. I bet you if I walk over there and flip yeah. through it, I'll find a ton of them. But again, it's it's but that it's, was a really weird writing style. We went from characters to narrator to books to, you know, all this crazy stuff. And so it fits with the plot device that he's using. Yeah. And I mean, as I said, like that, it's a satirical style of writing. Douglas Adams, some of Neil Gaiman's work, some of Terry Pratchett's work, all of those authors could get away with parentheses, but they use parentheses as part of their communication to the reader because they are communicating in a different way from a normal fantasy author who is trying to bring the reader into the world. Your parentheses rabbit hole, it takes me out of the world. Yeah. And that is why I will die on the hill that you should not be using parentheses in a normal standard fantasy prose book. (laughs) Agreed. I will die on the hill. I have a hill similar. (laughs) I constantly tell people semicolons have no place in prose. I agree. Now, on this one, I'm a little less severe than the than the parentheses the parentheses you, it's just yeah if you're not using it as a plot device it should never there should literally never be a parentheses in there the funny thing is is i do use the occasional semicolon maybe once every 40 50 thousand words you might find a semicolon in something that i've written but the reason why i feel that they're so worthless is first of all not a lot of people really understand what they are and so a lot of readers when they hit that semicolon they don't know what to do with it yeah so you know, it's again, it's about that training the reader. And if, if a lot of people don't really understand a semicolon, they, they, they don't know what to do. The other problem is, is that almost everybody that uses them uses them incorrectly because a semicolon is a punctuation that separates two complete sentences that both kind of have a similar meaning or a similar, they're, they're, they're kind of attached to each other. But you know what else separates two complete sentences? A, full a period. A period right there. Done. Two complete sentences. What what a lot of people use semicolons for is, you know, they'll have a complete sentence and a fragmented sentence. Mm -hmm. And that should be a comma, but they put a semicolon there for some reason. You know, that's one of the hills that I'm constantly against. A lot of people also use semicolons for two complete sentences that have got nothing to do with each other in order to avoid runoff, runoff effect. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, put a full stop there, a period. Yeah. This is not semi. I don't like semicolons at prose. I honestly, I do not like them. If I can avoid it, I avoid it. In fact, I always avoid it because I always rewrite to uh, to eliminate the semicolon. So I have a handful in in different things that I've written. Not many, but you know, because I am very you know sensitive mm. to them, they do pop out to me instantly. And every mm. the ones that exist 
I'm like, no, I really, this works mm. really well in this one instance. So that's why I said, I'm not a hundred percent, like don't ever do it, but. So, so for me, they're not like parentheses. They're not a hill I will die on because they don't necessarily take me out. But right. the problem is, again, this comes down to my professional background. Mm-hmm. A semicolon, I've been a C language programmer for 20 years. A semicolon means end of instruction, new, new line, new instruction. And so it, for me, is a thing that jerks me personally out. But you yeah. have to consider that a humongous amount of your fan base in fantasy is going to be computer geeks of some style or the other who will look at a semicolon and be like, that's what it actually means, right? Because in code, everything has a semicolon if you're writing C programming, right? Mm-hmm. So, or JavaScript or anything like that. So you need to sometimes be cognizant of weird things like that. I mean, again, I don't program anything. I am a computer geek, but I was always on the hardware side. So semicolons don't mean anything to me because I don't program. Yeah. But they still mean something to me because here's really what it boils down to. And this is the, the thing that I try to stress to my students and the people that I work with. And this is going to sound weird, but this is why I truly believe that it feels. Punctuation is the signpost to tell the reader to swallow the information you just gave them. Drake walked into the kitchen, period. Reader, swallow that. I'm done. Swallow that. Next sentence. He pulled a butcher knife from the drawer, Drake, and then period. So swallow that. Like Drake pulled the butcher, you know, and that's, so that's really why I'm so sensitive to sentence structure is because mm-hmm. it really is. And it's kind of the reason why, you know, we talked about patterns and different ways of writing and stuff like that. And so it's, it's the reason why I'll do things like, you know, if I'm just in descriptive narration, you'll see more run on sentences than anywhere else in anything I write, because a lot of it, I, I don't care if you swallow it individually. I don't mind giving you this big, you know, Drake walked into the kitchen, picked up a pot, filled it with water and put it on the stove to heat, period. Mm. Because it's, I'm just describing, I also could write Drake walked into the kitchen and, and heated a pot of water. Same thing. But, but if I'm going to draw it out, there's a reason for it because I need you to see every element or whatever. I don't mind you swallowing all of that in one bite because none of it matters. And so just swallow it all. But punctuation is really there. And that's, that's why you need to be cognizant of, of sentence structure and where periods are and when to use an exclamation point and when to use a question mark and, and why we you know, do dialogue the way we do. There's two things I want to talk about on weird punctuation marks. The one is the colon itself, like the actual two-dotted mm-hmm. colon. I can't think of a time where you would ever use a colon in prose. So, so I can. Okay. Let's say that you have an in-world document and you say something like, I picked up the document and I started to read. And then you could, in theory, said, you could put a, a colon right. there, right. you know, instead of that, and then just have the text of the document. Because mm-hmm. that colon would at that point communicate to the reader I picked up the document, colon. Okay, everything that follows now is the document right. because I have the colon. So it's not, again, it's not like parentheses. It's not a hill I will die on. I can see a purpose to colon. But if you overuse them, mm. yes, in theory, what a colon means is that this thing spouts forth these things. Mm-hmm. So you could, in theory, use them almost like dialogue tags. 
but you're not writing a screenplay. <laughs> well, we don't use them as screenplays either. But but you could, you know, they've got those, uh, the plays used to have them. Like this character says this, colon. Oh, I, that before my time. It's Shakespeare's plays have them. Way before my, that's, that's 400 years ago. I'm not that old. I know I'm old, but I'm not that old. My point is you, you could use them there or things like that. But if you do that, it's going to jerk me out of the narrative because that's not how I expect prose to be written. Right. So while it might be correct, I don't think you should do it. I don't think you should do it often. And I think you should consider every single colon in your book with gravitas and really consider whether this needs a colon because it needs to be something specific to that colon. So colons is the one thing. I honestly cannot think that of any time I've ever used a colon in prose. I think I've used one once for, for that kind of document thing. Mm-hmm. See, and I, even for that, I would, I would still write it in a different way because I don't ever just throw a document because to me, that also throws it out. If you do a picture of the document in there that they're reading, See, like, no, I, I want you to, I want to paint that picture yeah, through yeah. prose. Yeah. Um, I don't want to give you, I don't want to hand you a sheet of paper from the middle of the book. <laughs> It's weird to me. So so I can see you using a colon in some very rare instances. Right. But recently, I came across a book that was littered. I didn't buy it. I just, I read the opening lines and put it down. But I came across a book that was littered with question mark, exclamation mark. I'm not even kidding. Literally, the two punctuation marks treated as one punctuation mark. I guess it's a shouted question. Well, I'm not going to say I haven't done that before. I definitely have. So one of the weird things for me, I know that most people are like exclamation point means that you are shouting. But to me, it's also, I mean, it's an exclamation point. So it's like, wow, like I didn't shout that, but I would put an exclamation point on the end of that. I didn't go, wow, you know. It's, 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 a str- I'm, I'm stressing this sentence. And so what gets me into trouble is some of my inner monologue mm. will have an exclamation point at the end. And I've had editors that are like, so is he screaming this in his head? And I'm like, no, it's just emphasized. It's, he's like, you know, oh my God, I can't believe that. He's not screaming it. He's just, but he's not going, oh my God, I can't believe that. So I put an exclamation point on it because it's it's an exclamation. He's you know, he's yeah. stressing it. So I have gotten in trouble for that. And I'm I, occasionally I've done the 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 question mark. And again, this is where you can get a little subjective because it is still creative writing, and and you can take some some liberties with this. So to me, it's a it's 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 that mom you know screaming at her kid like, did you not think about what you were doing? So like with that one, it's both kind of being stressed and it's a question so mm. on something like that and i don't do them very often but that's the thing oh i'm very leery of exclamation marks because like you i used to say well they're just for emphasis but i've had so many readers question it and go like are they shouting that mm. i've reached the point where i'm like well if readers read this as shouting then it doesn't really matter that I only mean it for emphasis. Right. Most of my readers are going to read it as shouting. So be cognizant of that. I definitely write less 
yeah. exclamation points today than I wrote 20 years ago. Yeah. I will absolutely admit that. And and that question mark, exclamation mark to me is the same. Like you need to have a very good reason, in my opinion, like a very good reason to include that. And it should be probably once in, you know, all 90,000 words uh, because it, it should stand out. It should not be every sentence. No. I- <laughs> or even a couple of times on the same page. Yeah. I also preach against capitalizing dialogue. I mean, you know, uh, uh, uppercasing the entire dialogue. Mm-hmm. However, literally in the start, the first chapter of, of Genesis, I do that very thing mm-hmm. because the crowd is chanting kith, kith, kith. Mm-hmm. And so I have kith, 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 because it just starts off in a little bit and it's just kith, 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 period, period, period. And then it's, you know, I describe how the, the other people pick up the call and it starts growing. Mm-hmm. And the next time I do the dialogue, it's, you know, kith, exclamation point, kith, exclamation point, kith, exclamation point. Mm-hmm. And then it continues to get louder and continues mm-hmm. to grow. And I describe that in prose. Mm-hmm. And then the third time it's capitalized kith with an exclamation point. So it's, you know, yeah. kith, kith, kith. And that's just a visual representation mm-hmm. of these guys, this whole yeah. crowd is now just screaming this. That's perfect because that's fine. It it communicates the right thing to me. The problem is if half of the sentences are capitalized, I don't know, the whole world is shouting at me the whole time. <laughs> you need to be careful of those kinds of punctuation marks. So back in 2015, mm. I Larry Elmore is a really good friend of mine. And uh, so I was showing it for our YouTube people, but I'm holding a copy of Snarf Quest, mm. the only copy that's ever been produced. So it was a cartoon that Larry Elmore drew back in the 80s, a couple pages at a time in the back of Dragon magazines. Mm. And when me and him became friends, I was like, why is there not a complete book of this? And, and he's like, the originals don't exist anymore. The only thing that exists are these crappy scans from the 80s that are terrible. So I spent 10 months of my life redrawing on top of his art every single page, 260 some pages. It took me 10 months, eight hours a day, 10 hours a day, just drawing. Mm. But another thing that I did is I, I removed all this handwritten dialogue, all of it. And I put it back in digitally. But one of the things that, that Larry and he, and not, you know, he's laughed about this, he knows, but every single person who spoke, it ended with an ellipsis. Like there's just, there were so many ellipses in that, in that thing. It's, it's insane. Like, whole conversations where every sentence ends in ellipsis and he's like he's like yeah i'm an artist i don't know what that means you know he's like i'm not a writer you're the writer so um when i did remaster it um i did go through i cut so many ellipses there's if there's an ellipsis heaven i filled that place up with killed ellipses from that one project so let's talk quickly about ellipses and m dashes because I think that they fulfill two different roles. And I think that a lot of authors use them incorrectly as well. They yes. do. They definitely both have a place. They have different uses in dialogue and different uses in prose. Let's, let's start with ellipses. Ellipses in dialogue indicate that the voice trails off without completing the sentence. Or at least gets quieter and quieter and quieter. Yeah. Uh, whatever. It's just, it's a trailing off of speech. Yes. Um, he turns around because he's he's like, I'm going to kill everything in this room and I'm going to. But he sees this giant beast in front of him and he's like, 
going to maybe die. not <laughs> <laughs> like he can he can finish it but it's just yeah. it it's that visual representation that right. we are we're getting smaller and smaller and smaller yeah. whereas an m dash in dialogue is an interruption so yes. it's if i say i'm going to kill and you say no you're not right that is I, there would then be an M dash in my dialogue and your dialogue would follow indicating that you've interrupted me. And please, for the love of all this, Holy, <laughs> if you're going to use an M dash to, to break up a speech, don't then follow it with narration. Yeah. Unless the narration is cut. Like, like if one of them says, I'm going to kill. And the next line is, you know, Drake held up his hand and, in, you know, in a warning or you know, pointed a finger at him and, and gave mm. her a scowled look. Like if the, if the narrow, but, but I see a lot of times where they, it isn't that, you know, I'm going to kill. And the next line is Drake smiled knowing what she was going to say. And then, no, you're not. And it's like, don't do that. Like you've, you've given me an interruption. You have to now interrupt it, either start dialogue because the dialogue is talking right over top of the last piece of dialogue. Or if you're going to do narration, it has to, maybe I slapped you, you know, I'm going to kill Drake slapped Marie across the face. Like I've interrupted you. You can't finish. The narration shows that. So I think that you can have your M dash narration, right? But then what you're doing is instead of having a comma at the end of your, um, your speech tag equivalent, your action tag equivalent, you're putting an M dash there. And then it's not in the dialogue. You put it outside of the quote mark, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And then, and then you, put an M dash on the other side and put your quote mark, because then what you're indicating is not that the dialogue is interrupted in dialogue. The dude's dialogue is not interrupted. You, the author are interrupting the communication of the dialogue to the reader to show them that somebody is doing something in the middle of this dialogue. <laughs> okay. So I, I didn't, I wasn't following what you were doing until just now. Yeah. I've seen that done. I hate that. So it's called it's called uh, splicing dialogue when you're when you're splicing in action in between dialogue. I do it all the time. There was a time when the industry really came down on writers and told them not to do it. Put put your narration at the beginning of the paragraph, then dialogue. Put your paragraph. Put your narration at the end of the paragraph. So dialogue first, but don't splice in there. And I think the reason that they knee jerked on that was exactly what you were saying. People were trying to break dialogue in the middle of a sentence. So I do it all the time, but I never do it in the middle of a sentence. I always do it between complete sentences. You know, hey, Marie, how are you doing today? Close quote. Drake walked over and sat down in the chair. I'm glad we get to talk today. Yeah. Like, so, so you have dialogue, you have action and you have dialogue, but I don't go, hey, Marie, how M dash Drake walked over and sat down M dash. Are you doing today? Like, I really well, do hate that. I would, I would never do it like that. Right. And I, I do it very, it's like you and your semicolons. I don't do this often. But there are some pieces of dialogue where you would be saying, hey, Marie, how, and then I might put an M dash and say, Marie smiled at Drake. Because what I'm trying to communicate is not what Drake is doing. I'm trying to show the interruption of what Marie is doing while Drake is talking, because it's in that middle portion. But it's got to be a very specific happenstance. Yeah, see, I wouldn't do that either. Because uh, first of all, I want to break 
you know, paragraphs to me or one character's thoughts, actions, and, mm. and, and dialogue. So if I'm going to have Marie smiling while Drake is talking, that's going to be in the next paragraph. Mm. So I'm going to do the whole, the sentence, Hey Marie, how you doing? Mm. Um, Marie's face lit up with a huge smile as she spied, you know, whatever, mm. uh, as she realized Drake was there or whatever. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do that. Like I still, my and again it's subjective this you know punctuation most punctuation you want to try to follow especially the standardized formatting so so what we're getting in here is is there is a difference between punctuation that you do have some flexibility with and punctuation that you really don't yeah so indenting a beginning of a paragraph using quotes for dialogue could discuss single quotes versus double quotes that's mm-hmm. that's a possibility mm-hmm. i personally think everything should be double quotes but i can be argued with yeah, see, I can't. If it's if it's dialogue out loud, it has to be a double quote. Yeah. You know, it has to be two, the two. It has to be a quote. I, I also feel that way, but it is technically correct. Like technically right. no, it is. you can have signal you can it have it is signal. back in the eighteen hundreds. For me, so, it's not correct, but I will accept that you know you might write like that. Well, if you're gonna publish the book in the eighteen hundreds, then you can go <laughs> ahead and use that single quote. But if you're gonna publish it in the two thousands, then today's audiences don't we don't understand that. So that single quote is there for, you know, oh, I could just, I could hear my dad saying now, single quote, you're an idiot, single quote, because the dad's not actually there. (laughs) It's it's a memory of a dialogue. And so that's, that's pretty much the accepted way to use the single quotes now, Mm. because we do change. Yeah. I don't even like them for that. I, I, like, I honestly think that everything should just be double quotes, but I mean, that's just me. But one of these two things must be there. With M dashes, you could make an argument for splicing your dialogue tags with M dashes. I think you need to think very carefully about what you do. Like, I don't think it should be something that you do. I've never ran across one that I couldn't rewrite and make it 100 times better mm. uh, without doing it split. Because, I mean, here, the other reason why I think I'm, I'm sensitive to this, that was actually one, you know, our writers, when we start off, we have foibles. Mm. We have things that we think are mm. right. And we have no idea that we're actually doing it wrong until somebody points it out. Mm. I was one of the things that I did, and I did uh, pretty much everything wrong in the beginning. But one of the things that I did is I, that I was lousy with that. I spliced narration between just right in the middle of a sentence. And I did it often, just shifting it to the end of sentences, which is really all I did. Because I, I still splice all my dialogue. I just now splice them at sentence you know at complete sentence pauses you know at those at the period it literally made the world of difference for the reader no one was thrown out anymore no one was like because the problem is is you have this half sentence of dialogue and then you've got to swallow this other information and now i'm i'm trying to swallow another piece of information but half of it is missing Mm. so i have to remember like i know it's right there but it, that's what it causes. Whereas if I do a complete sentence, you swallow that. Then I do some narration complete sentence and you swallow that. And then I do another dialogue sentence and you swallow that. You, you've taken these complete bites. So I'll, I'll give you an example of where I've done it because I, I would just look for it now and found, and I knew I had it one, one of it in the, in the Duke layer. Tough men and women then, Louis considered it. Do they ever close dialogue bracket M dash? He hesitated, trying to find polite words for it. M dash, quotation marks, ride under the crupper together, which is get laid. So I would kill the second M dash and just capitalize ride. 
but it's not. You see, the thing is, the dialogue continues. He goes, do they ever? No. And then there's a pause. He paused. He interrupted himself and he stopped. He stopped the sentence. The sentence is over. And then he says an incomplete sentence next. So it can just be a capitalized R. It, it does still attach to the previous sentence. It's just got a long pause. It still attaches without the second M dash. The second M dash is what's going to throw people out where they're not going to yeah. really understand kind of how it connects. People say incomplete sentences all the time. Mm. Um, so that's, and, and again, this is subjective. This mm. is my opinion, but he, you do have an interruption. He yes. absolutely interrupts himself mm. of what he was going to say. And he pauses, he stops himself. So you have the M dash, mm. you have the reason for the pause. What caused me to stop? Yes. At that point, that second M dash is weird to me. Like, why am I looking at this? What does that mean? Because he's just saying another sentence, even though it's a continuation of the sentence before, it's still a complete sentence as far as like it's, you know, I would just capitalize it. Some people yeah. wouldn't. Some people, some people wouldn't use the M dash, but they would lowercase it. Um, I've seen people use ellipsis for this too. They'll put ellipsis on one end and ellipsis on the other, but that's not right. It's not. It's, he's not trailing off. He's stopping to think right. about how does he say this without saying they get laid. <laughs> right. You know, so so the M dash is correct in the first instance. I guess what we're arguing about is, is it correct in the second? Right. <laughs> Right. And not really arguing because it is subjective. Yeah. I'm yeah. just saying what I would do. I would never put a second M dash because that's a little mm. weird to me. And I think it's weird to a lot of readers. So I'm going to just capitalize that next sentence because that still to me is two complete sentences. You have, and by complete sentences, I don't mean they have a subject in action. Mm. I mean, they are a finished product. I think M dash reader swallow. Louis paused to contemplate what he was going to say. Quote, we really need to do this or whatever. And then whatever sentence you wrote. So it's, it's a writing, blah, 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 blah. So even though neither are complete sentences in that light, they're still complete sentences that I want the reader to swallow. And so that's why I would write it that way. But that's, you know, again, this is just how I would write it. I'm not saying yeah. that it's right. I'm not saying that it's wrong. But yeah, so that's the difference between an M dash and an ellipsis. An M dash is a definitive stopped interruption. An ellipsis is a trail. And that's why I don't like ellipses. I don't know how you say that. Ellip ellipsi. I think it's still just ellipsis. Ellipsis at the beginning of a sentence. Because yeah. to me, that's just weird. Like, do you trail into the sentence? Does it start really soft and go up in volume? Or what are you trying to communicate here with this? Right. I do 100%. it sometimes in nonfiction writing if I'm indicating that there were things that came before this. Right. You know, because it can also, ellipsis can also indicate that. But again, that's not how you're going to use it in prose. Right. In prose, you're not going to say like, there were things that came before this that is exactly the same as the text above. Right. <laughs> or like when I'm editing somebody, if I want to yeah. want to show them a word choice difference in the middle of their sentence, I'll do dot, 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 and then a couple words before the change and then the change and then a couple words and a dot, 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 because I'm <laughs> saying look, everything you had in that sentence in the beginning of this and everything you have at the end, I'm not editing. I'm just editing this little piece. Yeah. And so I'll just do that. But then again, that's again, not prose. But that's, that's not prose. That's nonfiction. Non no, that's yeah. nonfiction. That's where you're using ellipsis to indicate information before and information after. Right. But when you're using it in prose, it indicates a trailing off. And in prose, I don't see how you can do it. <laughs> I, well, I don't, I, I don't even think you should do it. <laughs> like, and I do it every once in a while, but I really try not to do it in prose the only yeah. time i try to use an ellipsis is in dialogue yes 
because you shouldn't use it in prose, definitely not as a regular thing, because right. what is it saying in prose? The whole scene is growing quieter. Maybe the scene is fading. Uh, right. It's a little weird. It is. It's a little weird. So I'm not going to, I don't know if I, I, I can't say I haven't done it mm. because I may have, I can't think of an instance that I did it, but I do agree that you should not do it in the prose. An M dash could be used in prose. Right. Because it could be a punctuation for connecting concepts. So the funny thing is, <laughs> everything that I said about the parentheses rabbit hole, mm. that's pretty much the now the standard accepted way to use M dashes in, in prose. So they literally are a rabbit hole chase. You know, Jordan used it a lot. Brandon Sanderson used it a lot. I use it a lot. Martin uses it a lot where you have a sentence, but you want to add that, that rabbit hole, you know, that extra piece of information. And so you just M dash, you do it and you M dash out. And so, and I don't know why that is better than parentheses. It's better because parentheses has got a lot of connectivity. Parentheses have, have a lot of weight with it. It's like me and my semicolons. Hmm. We have all used parentheses like that in school for nonfiction subjects. So you expect them to be almost like footnotes. It's like footnotes in fantasy. Footnotes right, right. bug me. Unless but it's a plot device. Unless it's a real right. plot device. Right. right. If your prose contains a little number on it and a footnote, I am taken straight out your narrative. Yep. Now, I have seen books where this is successfully used, but then the book is presented not as a work of fiction, but as some narrator's diary, you know, right. and hence the footnote is part of the whole plot device of the novel. I, I don't know that I like M dashes for rabbit holes, but then I don't like rabbit holes. I don't, I don't, I don't think that they're a great way to communicate i think that you need to actually rewrite that to make it more flowy so here's a sentence and it's my sentence and i stand by it in one of the realm stories that not only has the m dash it actually also has an ellipsis in it <laughs> and i stand by it i'm fine with it yeah hit us so it says beyond the great mist lay or beyond the great mist lay the untamed wilds M dash lands that extended further than even the Legion had explored populated by the other less civilized races of the world M dash humans and dwarves comma fees and ogres ellipsis orcs. So I read that almost as internal monologue, not well, just, yeah, cause it, because it's, I write in limited, everything yeah. is technically you know, it's it's very it. it tastes very like the way that somebody thinks about the lands rather right. than what they actually are. Right. Like in my descriptive prose, I would very rarely have that level in there because I write in free and in uh, free and indirect. Well, I was shocked to see it. I was literally shocked to see it because yeah. normally I would do something like this. So here's another one. Never had the. Never had the senior ranger spoke to Latimus in anger, nor treated him in any other way than as he wanted to be treated. M dash, a ranger in training. But that to me isn't the rabbit hole. That to me is an in the, the M dash at this point adds emphasis to the piece that goes behind it. 
and it connects right. the two concepts. It's in my mind that is the correct way to use an M dash. I have no problem with it's an emphasizing dash. It's when there's two of them and you put completely unrelated information in between them that I get a little bit like, uh, I'm not sure that I like this very much. <laughs> uh, well, here's here's one. It's a different kind of way to use it. So Latimus is talking to this, this farmer later on and the farmer is always addressing his master and Latimus is finally like, dude, dude stop, stop. It's, it, I'm Latimus. Don't, don't call me master. To show that the farmer was still struggling with that, one of his next pieces of dialogue, he says, oh, yes, mast, M dash, yeah. uh, ellipsis, uh, ellipsis, Latimus, sir. Because I'm, you know, I'm showing that he's just stumbling all over himself. And he's just like, mm. I really want to call you master. I'm, I'm, I'm a farmer. You're so much better than me. I, yeah. I, I need to call you this title and, and you, but you don't want me to, and I have to listen to you. So like yeah. what? So, and, and so, you know, that's again, taking the liberties, mm-hmm. but it shows that stumbling, you know, through that and, and that awkwardness. It might see, this is the big thing for me. It's not that the punctuation needs to be grammatically perfect. I believe in the Oxford comma. I do, but if you don't believe in the Oxford comma, that is okay. But I need you to understand what the punctuation marks mean so that you understand when I look at your punctuation, what I am reading. Because I am not just reading your words. I am reading your words as attached to the scaffolding provided by your punctuation. And if your scaffolding communicates the wrong thing to me, your reader, your words will not make sense to me. It doesn't matter how pretty they are. Yep. It doesn't matter how well chosen they are, how gloriously they are crafted. If your punctuation gives them to me in the wrong order, it's like Firefly. You gave me the wrong episode first. Yeah. And, and that's, that really comes down to what we're, what we're literally just going over. It's about, mm. you can be a little artistic with some of this stuff. Mm. You can't be artistic with periods. You can't be artistic with, you know, some different things like that. I mean, I've made, I've put in dialogue sentences which are which have got a period at every word. True, but those are fragmented sentences. That that the whole sentence is broken up into six yep. fragments because yep. <laughs> yeah. So here's one where it's 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 an M dash in the middle. I finally found one. Uh, so I'll read the sentence before it. Of his tent, comma, he saw nothing. Period. In fact, comma, the entire farmstead, M dash. The entire world, M dash, seemed to have vanished from existence. And I could comma splice that, mm. but the M dash just adds so much more emphasis because he's in a farmstead, mm. but technically everything has disappeared. Everything, even the sky and the stars. Okay, so I understand what you're saying, but that's not the same as the rabbit hole of the parentheses. True. Because what your what your M dashes here are doing is they are to the reader they are shooting out the important information. This is mm-hmm. not additional information that doesn't change the sentence structure and doesn't really matter. This is information that you want to emphasize right. to the reader, and that's not what parentheses do. You right. know what I mean? So so to me they fulfill slightly different. I'm still not sure that I'd use the two M dashes like that. I'm not 100 percent convinced. But it doesn't have the same effect as parentheses, 
which to me is a sign of a nonfiction definition of terms. Yeah, no, 100% agree. And again, this is where we can get a little subjective and mm. you don't have to agree with. You know, at the end of the day, it's, are people going to put the book down? And that's the only time I did it. I went through the whole mm. thing. It's 20, 27,000 words. And I did that once. And, and I did it on purpose. I did it by design. I did it uh, and I stay, I'm not going to change it. If you're reading 20,000, that's probably, I don't know, it was more than halfway through it. I would, didn't look at the numbers that I was on, but it was probably 16, 17,000 words in. If you've given me 16,000 words that you've read and you come to that one sentence, the farmstead, M dash, the whole, the entire world, M dash seemed to have vanished. If you hit that and go up, oh, I'm out. Screw this guy. Terrible writer. Okay. Go find a different author. Um, <laughs> It's about thinking about this stuff. And that's why punctuation is so important to think about. It's, it's more, so first of all, part of it is standardized. Part of it is you want to use the standardized formatting so that you tell the reader something with a visual clue that they instantly get. Everyone who's reading today's stuff gets, you hit that double quote, it's said out loud. You know, you hit the period, you hit the, the question marks, the exclamation points, whatever, italicized for inner monologue. Everyone gets that now. Uh, and even if you are using thought tags, I mean, here's another great example. Let's say you write, you know, I wonder what I'm doing today, Drake thought. Uh, first of all, if you ever write the word Drake thought, please, for, the, all, all, for, for, for everything, just for the entire world, don't write the next two words as to himself, that kills me so much. He thought to himself, who else, else would he think that to? <laughs> wait, wait, to be fair, maybe you've got telepathy. So maybe but it's that. Important. And every time I say that, somebody brings that up. But that would be, you'd already established that. And that would be a plot device that you're using in the story. Yeah. But every other time, and I've actually, I don't think I've ever seen that in a telepathy book. What I always see it in is he thought to himself and still, even if it's actually, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to backtrack. Even if it was a telepathy, telepathy book, he wouldn't say he thought to himself. You would only want to point out when it's going to some other character. I have telepathy in my book when they enter their memories, when they enter other people's memories, they can communicate, you know, the people who are witnessing the memory can communicate via what amounts to right, telepathy. Without talking. I've seen that. Yeah. And I italicize that and put it in double quotes. Mm -hmm. But then I have no inner monologue. I have right. no, I, you know, that kind of inner monologue. My inner monologue is prose narration. Right. So but there's no confusion. <laughs> you, so that's a great example. Yeah. So you chose to do something a little bit not off on standardized formatting. So you still quote it, mm -hmm. but you italicize it. Mm -hmm. Also, you train the reader. Not through, not through like I do with, you know, making sure that I put some like a thought or whatever, but like in that scene, if I remember correctly, Louis is like, how are what? you talking to me without moving your lips? Yes. So you're teaching the reader and then the reader can go, oh, every time I see dialogue that's quoted and italicized, they're thinking to each other without actually talking because you have trained the reader what you've you've gone hey reader i just changed some some for i made up my own mm -hmm. let me teach you what that is let me let me show you what i'm doing and then from here on out now it's a visual clue and you can just get it on your own exactly uh, so where i was going with the he thought since italicize is so common for inner monologue you really shouldn't use he thought she thought jane thought whatever more than a few times 
Yeah. Maybe you come back to it, you know, every few thousand words if, if you feel like you need to. But pretty much after the first couple of he thoughts, you can drop it and you can huh. just put it in italicized. You've trained the reader yeah. and they're just going to pick up on it from there on out. If and you save yourself read, a bunch of words. If I read something in a single quote and italicized, in my head, it's always inner monologue mm. because that's the way it just works in fantasy. If not single quotes, not anymore. That hasn't been the way yeah. for years. But back in the day, it was. Yeah, back in the day, it was all single. So I still sometimes look at single quotes and I'm like inner monologue, whatever the case mm. Yeah, but almost no one writing today, no, none of the publishing houses mm. consider that standardized formatting. It's just italics. Yeah. Italics is your inner monologue. The one thing that I do want to say is sometimes you can use italics just as emphasis on certain words. I do that all the time as well. So you do have to be cognizant that you somehow set, you like don't don't write a complete sentence that could be inner monologue, italicize it, and then go it was just for emphasis. Yep. Probably sending the wrong message there. Yep. <laughs> and if I'm stressing one word in inner monologue, I don't. I, it isn't italicized. Everything else yep. is. Don't bold. Please don't bold. Yeah, there's no reason to bold ever in prose. Bold, again, is one of those nonfiction things that's got a very specific meaning. This is in dialogue, but still, they're talking about, so Laddams is out on the fringe of this empire, and and, and he's like, I don't understand how, because they met this really crazy monster, and he's like, how have how does no one know that this monster exists inside mm -hmm. the empire? The One of the rangers says, um, civilized folks don't want to know about monsters like that roaming the land. Now do that. And so that is... Italicized. I don't have the problem of it interfering with my inner monologue because I train my readers that my inner monologue is always in its own paragraph with no narration at all. It's always mm -hmm. naked, always. Never, ever, ever have I written a piece of inner monologue that had any narration with it, ever. Yeah. And so if you see a piece of it, you know, something italicized in a paragraph, it ain't an inner monologue because that's <laughs> not how Drake writes it. So, and again, so when you're breaking these, if you are going to take some liberties and, and I shouldn't say breaking, you should not break mm. rules, but if you're going to take some liberties, it should be liberties that, that the vast majority of people are going to get off of context. Like my little mm -hmm. M dash, the entire world M dash, mm -hmm. it's not going to piss anybody off. Everybody's going to know that I'm stressing this thing. I could, there's other ways I could do it. Yeah. I could do a comma, the entire world in italics, comma, and then move on with the sentence. Absolutely, I could do that. The problem with that is with M dashes, people tend to swallow. Uh, you know, as a matter of fact, the entire farmstead, and then there's an M dash, you swallow that. And then I go, the entire world and do an M dash, you swallow that. Had seemed to disappear, you swallowed that. Mm -hmm. So the reason why I like that M dash instead of commas is because it really does make you go piece of sentence, swallow, piece of sentence, swallow, piece of sentence, swallow. If you're going to take these liberties, if you're going to, you know, bend a rule here or bend a rule there, they it needs to be something that you don't do all the time. Yes. Um, you know, are not overuse. You need to do it all the time if it's a plot device. Like yeah. if you're writing a satirical thing and you're using pair, you know, parentheses for whatever, and that's your thing, then you know maybe it's a it's then a weird god narrator saying something every yep. two pages or whatever. Train the readers and they can get it. I mean, for the most I part. I could get behind your weird God narrator talking in curly braces, mm -hmm. right? I could do that. But then your whole book better be about right. your weird God narrator. <laughs> right. 
Exactly. It has to be a plot device. Yeah. It has to be an integral to the story. Like when you break the fourth wall, you do that because it's integral to the story and you break it constantly. And, you know, it's a yes. part of that process. So for the most part, you want to stay in, stand, stay in standardized formatting. You don't want to change it just because you like it. That's the no. big point here. No. If, if it's just standard, if you're just using a different thing because you think it looks prettier, don't do that because it's not mm. for you. It's for the reader, you know, mm. and, and let the reader have what they need so that they understand this stuff. If you are going to bend the rules a little bit, make sure that it's not going to, you know, throw anybody out of the story, mm -hmm. make sure that they should be able to get it from context, mm -hmm. but also make sure that at least the first one or two times that you do it, if you're going to use it, you know, sporadically through the book, you teach the reader what you're doing. Hey, Mr. Reader, I'm doing something a little weird. I'm going to teach you this. So if you ever see this again in my stuff, this is what it means. Yeah. And as long as you do that, I think you're fine. I strongly believe that the way you need to look at punctuation is you need to regard it as the plan of your story, the scaffolding of your words. Your words are going to hang on to this and they are going to build the mighty edifice of your saga. But if your punctuation is wrong, the reader is going to read your stuff and instead of seeing a wall, they're going to see a stone block that's falling apart. Pay attention to the guidelines, the map that the punctuation is drawing. And maybe that's a better simile. The, the punctuation is a map for the user to understand how the words fit together. Yeah. It tells them when to swallow, when yeah. to, this is a piece of information. It's a complete piece of information. I'm going to put this in my brain and then I'm going to move on to the next piece of information. Yeah. If you don't do it that way. If you don't think about it in that light, then yeah, you're going to end up with people. It's it's anytime somebody doesn't understand what they're reading, they are no longer in the story. Correct. They are outside of the story trying to figure out what the crap you're trying to tell them. That's yeah. why even typos, weird sentence structures, um, you know, dangling participles, all those crazy things that we can do that that really throw you out of the story because you now have to try and figure out what I, I don't, but it's, but it's even the same thing of, I mean, it goes even deeper than that. If you don't set your scene, if you don't set whose head we're in, if you don't, you know, do all these different things, they're all things. The reason why I stress them so much is because they're all about never forcing the reader to have to figure something out. Yeah. You're going to get and and by, by that, I don't mean figure out the story. We want them to, figure, you know, to struggle we, with that. We want them to think about the story. We don't want them to try and figure out the words, right? The words need to just flow low and that's what punct good punctuation should do good punctuation yeah. should make the words flow good punctuation should be invisible yes and that is a good place to end this episode Absolutely. we will see you for another one keep writing hi guys this is marie from releasing your inner dragon and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. If you're interested in more content on fantasy world building, head over to YouTube and look up Just In Time Worlds. I release tons of content there. If you'd like to check out my book, The Hidden Blade by Marie M. Mullaney, it is available as an ebook, audiobook and print book on Amazon. Thanks for listening and see you soon. Hey guys, Drake here. Thank you so much for listening to Releasing Your Inner Dragon podcast. I hope you're getting a ton of information and maybe even some nuggets of gold that you can take into your own writing to help you on your journey of story creation. 
couple things I want to throw at you. First of all, for the first time in years, I am opening myself up to being a private mentor again. If you would like for me to work with you to improve your writing right now, reach out to me. You can either go to my website, maxwellalexanderdrake.com, and send me a contact form, or just email me at author at maxadrake.com. Also, as many of you may know, I've been out of the novel game for quite a few years. I was the lead fiction writer for EverQuest Next from Sony. I've been in the movie and TV industry for a few years now, but I am excited to say I'm back into the novel game. I've actually been working on a novel for a little while now, and I'm going to start dropping it on Amazon's Vela. So if you're on that platform, look me up, Maxwell Alexander Drake. Thank you again for listening, and as always, keep writing.